For my ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. feeling about this. Welcome to episode 76 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um... So, we got a little bit to talk about today. Something pretty cool came out today. Sort of a behind-the-scenes, making-of, featurette-type deal on Rogue One. We got a new comic series to discuss. And, as always, because of our awesome listeners, a bunch of emails. Um, and I think we've got some first-time writers this, uh, this week, too. Love first-time writers. Love first-time writers. Love loyal writer, li- writers. Love them all. writer enters pretty much writers well before we get into all that good business oh the business now it's time for the dirty business and the dirty business is this like us on facebook at facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast follow us on twitter at blue harvest pod and at will witten three that's me email us at blue harvest podcast at gmail.com and buy our stuff shirts and whatnot at tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And guess what, guys? Starting sometime today, depending on when I get this episode up, a new t-shirt will be available in the Blue Harvest store. The Crippled Ghost t-shirt. It's, in, it's incredible. I've seen it. It's incredible. Our buddy Evan fucking killed it again. Man, talent, murder, just talent, murder, murder. So yeah, you guys can look forward to that. Now, uh, I'm putting it up sometime on Friday, um, hopefully no later than Saturday. It should be up on Friday, but just so you guys know, when we add a new shirt to our store for the next 48 hours, it's on sale. So if you want to get it at a little cheaper price, um, jump on it this weekend. Um, so, now that that's out of the way, and you guys have been given the business, I had to give our buddy Tomas the business this week, because he hit me up on Twitter, couldn't remember our email address, so I had to give him special business. 
He got special business. I gave Thomas the special, Tomas, the special business. Anyway, I, uh, I'm struggling this week. I'm a little worn out from work. So Will is going to have to be like my fucking, he's going to have to carry me like C-3PO carries Jed, dead Jawas to a bonfire. <laughs> like Chewie <laughs> carries C-3PO. Yeah, on your back. All busted up in different parts and stuff. Legs all akimbo. That's a word we don't use now enough today. Enough nowadays is akimbo. Oh, but we're gonna. Oh yeah, we're gonna bring it back. Uh, how's your week been, buddy? How you been doing? It's been good. Can't complain. Me neither. Me neither. I can't complain myself. Um, like I said, been real busy with work and stuff, but it's better than not having work. Always feel yeah, like busy with work's better than no work. Exactly. Exactly, sir. Let me think. Did anything super interesting happen this week? Not that I can think of. I think it's been just a, a normal, busy work week. Um, did you, Have you been on Twitter any since last Friday when we posted our new episode? Um, I don't think so. <clears throat> we got some butthole feedback, some Darth Maul butthole feedback. Darth Maul butthole? What's the best of it? Uh, you know, just people... I, I didn't see anything negative, you know. I'll say that. People just were like, they went there. They did it. They talked about butthole. If, if you want the Darth Maul butthole business, you know where to come. And, uh, you know, uh, Steve, I, f- I forgot to mention this last week because I was just so ready to talk about some fucking butthole. Our buddy Steve Cobra, uh, lead guitarist from Stoned Cobra, um, dared me. After hearing Rogue One last week, he was like, you should title this week's blue harvest talking butthole even if you don't bring it up you sh- and i was like oh i'll do it i'll do it and oh go look at your feed what's it called a talking butthole talking butthole you one upped him too you're like oh not only will we talk about it not <laughs> only will i label that episode <clears throat> we'll get both of those things in good sir good steve sir um but yeah you know it's come up in a couple of facebook groups um it's come up on twitter and um, I don't know that we got any email. I got some private messages even on Twitter that people were like, my man, butthole talk, my man, <laughs> my man. Um, well, speaking of Darth Maul and him's butthole. What's him's buttholes? What's him's butthole says? Not a whole lot. Uh, he that was announced this week that we are getting a Darth Maul comic miniseries uh next year it'll be the next in the sort of line of character driven miniseries you know we had the leia and the han and the lando and the Chewie and anakin and obi-wan and so uh what's interesting to me about this is that it's set before the phantom menace i was gonna say revenge of the sith but of course no it's set before the phantom menace which I think is going to be awesome to see how a Darth is made, you know, because you don't really get to see that, you know, unless you count Revenge of the Sith where or, you know, I guess the whole prequel trilogy where Sidious is grooming him to be a Sith. But it, it you don't it doesn't really come off like that, you know, like not not a Sith Lord or apprentice that has been completely steeped in darkness and marinated in his own dark side juice well um there was a synopsis which i don't have in front of me um but it's talking about how 
you know, he's being trained by Sidious and in his free time, I guess he just goes into like the underworld, I guess maybe on Coruscant and like fucking picks fights and kills people and ends up running across a Jedi Padawan and he is excited to finally face off against a real Jedi. You know, he made him say Mate. (laughs) These, this uh, fucking, you know, these people he's heard nothing but bad things about has been raised to hate and stuff. He finally meets one. And so it sounds like we're going to get to see Maul have his first sort of, uh, you know, Jedi versus Sith duel going on, even though it's a Padawan. That's sort of a, a bitch move, Maul. I got to say, like he's listening. Like this yeah, fictional right? characters, like got his iPhone out and he's like, they talked about my butthole last week. I, I don't, I don't have a, I don't think I've really uh, nailed down a Darth Maul. He just sounded kind of like Clint Eastwood in that movie, Gran Torino. Yeah, neither has Sam Witwer. Boom! <laughs> Zing! So, uh, speaking of Darth Maul, Darth Maul's butthole, and this comic series, to wrap this up all in a nice, neat little package, uh, the first time I saw this, uh, Steel, Steel Saunders from Steel Wars, uh, mentioned me in a comment section on Facebook where someone had posted the story, and he was like, uh, Halls Burkhart, I hope this series answers your Darth Maul toilet-related questions. And I'm telling you, I had... And uh, let me run this by you, okay? Because I know you'll be honest. Yeah. Funny or not funny. You ready? Yeah. I said, my exact comment was, oh, that would definitely get me back into the comics. Splinter of... The brown eye. Oh. That's funny because... It's like a C-level funny. Look, am I saying is it, a, is it a set closer? No. Yeah. Splinter of the brown eye? It's a segue. You know, that's a... It's <laughs> different. That's connecting. That's a bridge between one joke to another. You got to follow it up with something really funny so that it, 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 it packs maximum punch. You know, that's that's my... You know... For for some people, like really funny people, that's like C level funny, maybe even D. If you're like fucking Dave Chappelle, who is like one of the funniest motherfuckers on the planet, if he Was. got, oh no, man, did you see him on Saturday Night Live? No, I didn't. He hosted Saturday Night Live last weekend. I'm gonna let you borrow my Hulu cr- credentials, and you're gonna have to take a look at it. All right. It is. Did he bring his A game? I felt he brought his A game. He did an excellent monologue. He brought back some... You know what? I don't even want to spoil it. I'll just say, when we wrap this up, make sure I send you my login stuff for Hulu. Okay. And you can go watch it. Bros helping bros. Um, But like I was saying, that's like a C or D level funny. But for me, that's A level humor. Like that... I, I was patting myself on the back like, you fucking did it! Oh my God! Home run! Halls Burkhart, C level funny. See, but you know, everyone else looks down on us for the butthole funny and the poop funny. And, you know, I understand that that's not, you know, that's not Chevy Chase's material. It's not, you know, Steve Martin's material, but it's still funny. Like, poop is still funny. Poop Parts are still holes. funny. Yeah. Okay, look. And we they're the, not funny for everybody. <laughs> we the it most... wouldn't be funny for your kids. Like, you know. We don't claim well, don't to know. be family friendly, but no, we definitely don't. If you're sitting there alone in your car on your hour commute to work, 
It, poop is funny. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I'm still waiting to hear back from uh, from but Steel. So I'm still like, waiting to hear back from Steel on that last 15 minutes of last episode. He may just be done with me, bro. He may have come on Rogue One and I was like, hey, you want to talk about Darth Maul butthole? And he was like, mute, blocked, reported. I've had it with the, the Darth Maul poop, poop jokes. <laughs> All right. All right, Will. He went for it. I'm terrible at accents. Unless it's all mine. Um, it's way down under. So, <clears throat> moving on from our favorite tattooed Zabrak B-hole. They released a new, I don't know, what do you want to call this? A featurette? A behind the scenes? A um, hype video? I think, I think featurette is the appropriate term, but it is a behind the scenes featurette. You know, that's, both those terms are accurate. And man, is it killer. I'm telling you. Whoever, whatever stock music or whoever they get to do their featurette music, like whoever they get should get a get a raise, man. Because like that piano Star Wars music, I don't know what it is, man. And then you know, um, you know, it, it, there was not a whole lot of new information in this. There were some scenes here and there that we haven't seen before, or we saw sort of extended or from a different angle. Um, but I think you know what. If you know anybody that's like, I don't understand, is Rogue One Episode 8? You show them that video because you want to talk about the best job they've done at explaining where this movie takes place in the timeline. It was in this featurette. Very true. Gareth Edwards, you know, basically says it's it's the text from the opening crawl of um, A New Hope. And they single out rebel spies, manage to steal the plans. So, like, you know what we've known and it's it's cool to see some of those clips you know extended i don't feel like we got a whole lot of new stuff but we got you know a couple more seconds of some clips we'd already seen that that kind of put things into context um especially that last shot with the three of them like k2so and jen yes. and you know going into that elevator undercover like that's a cool shot you know with them shushing him that's what i was about to say that's my favorite of the new lines from this behind the scenes thing. I got an, he's I'm, like, this is a bad idea. And they're like, shh, shut up. Hey, shh, shh, shut up. Uh, one of the cool scenes was you got a longer, just another briefly longer shot at the Death Star eclipsing, you know, a sun. Jedha. You, you know what I'm talking? Jedha. Yeah. Um, but the other, the really, the part that stuck out to me was the reverence of the cast. Yeah, for what they were doing and the task that they were undertaking, that was really impressive. Most impressive. Um, yeah, man. Uh, and and you know what? Um, I, it's not that I didn't like him before, but this behind the scenes thing makes me like Gareth Edwards even better. Like my favorite line of his was like, you know, it's like playing with all your Star Wars figures when you're a kid, just on a massive scale. And you know, like, stormtroopers over here, stuff blows up. Yeah, and I was like that very oh. first line where he's like, "If I'd known I'd been, I was going to do a Star Wars movie, I prepared for this my whole life." You know? Yeah, I would have been writing it my whole life. So, um, yeah, like he seems like a a nice dude. Definitely has love for the series and and respect for the series. And I gotta I look say, at the joy on his face looking at that alien. 
you know, the joy in mm-hmm. that guy's voice sitting in the X-Wing cockpit. Oh, for real. Seeing that chromed out R2 droid. All flipping out and stuff. Yeah. And like it, all his uh, fucking, you know, USB ports and shit going crazy. Yep. Um. So far, I could not be happier with uh, their choice and directors for these movies, man. Like, obviously, J.J. was a big hit for me. And after they announced that, it's going to be hard for me to get super excited for another director. Gareth Edwards, I wasn't super familiar with besides seeing Godzilla, which I thought was okay, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, man, for a Godzilla movie, it's probably the best Godzilla movie there is. Oh, it's the... It, okay. It It's probably up there, but I don't know. I, I guess it's a matter of opinion, like... Cause I mean, I, I understand those. the retro, but which one of the retros would you put up against it? I mean, the 19... I guess it's 54, 55. The original black and white Godzilla is pretty great. When I was a kid, I loved uh, Son of Godzilla, even though I'm pretty sure it's considered one of the worst ones. It's where is that the one with Godzuki in it? Godzuki is a product of the cartoon only. In, right, in, but doesn't the Son of Godzilla look like... Godzuki? Um, not really, because Godzuki. Well, am I wrong? Does Godzuki look just sort of like a miniature Godzilla, or is he sort of like a baby meets Godzilla? If I if I remember correctly, and granted, it's been a long time ago on a Cartoon Network that no longer you know is not the same Cartoon Network. But I thought Godzuki was like a smaller version of Godzilla, like bigger eyes. Okay, because in Son of Godzilla. He's. It looks like you took a human baby, painted it green, and gave it a tail. Like it's very oh, wow. odd. If you're on your phone, look up "Son of Godzilla." Son of Godzilla. But uh, you know, and Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Godzilla. Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. The one that I remember being the best, kind of from back in the day, was Godzilla versus Mothra. But well, yeah, I mean, of if course. I'm thinking about it, like you know, moth <laughs> fighting a giant moth, just wasn't that. I don't know. And, you know, adventurous, I guess. I really want to check out, um, you know, they just came out with Shin Godzilla. You know, back in the, I guess it was 98 or 99 when the Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie came out. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Taito? Or, no. Toho. Toho, which is the Japanese company that, that owns Godzilla. They put yeah. out a, you know, a, a new Japanese um, Godzilla movie, which reignited the franchise, and they did like five or six more, and then it went dormant. So we got an American Godzilla. Well, they just put out in Japan and over here Shin Godzilla, which is the Japanese new Godzilla movie. Oh wow! Directed I- by the guy who create created and directed Evangelion. Oh wow! I bet that's good. So yeah, I really want to check that out. Um. I'm looking at the son of Godzilla now. It's that's rough, dude. It's weird looking, right? It looks like that not the mama dinosaur baby, <laughs> but green meets ET. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. But I liked it when I was a kid. Um <clears throat> So, you know, seeing uh, but but seeing back to what I was talking about, seeing Gareth Edwards in these interviews and stuff really makes me like him. Um I like Ryan Johnson a lot, and I, he's actually a director I liked before Star Wars because I heard him on an episode of Smodcast with Kevin Smith right around the time that movie Looper was coming out, which 
Yeah. If not for that episode of that podcast, I would probably not have watched Looper until he got the Star Wars job. Um, I watched Looper, you know, around the time it came out, and it was it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I mean, is it going to make it into my top 10 or top 20 favorite movies of all time? No. But is it a fun watch? Was it fun enough to go out and and buy it on Blu-ray? Yeah. But uh, So I'm excited about him. Not necessarily as... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. As of yet, doesn't seem as, as access... I don't want to say accessible because people then be like, Oh, JJ wasn't success- accept- uh, accessible at all during uh, The Force Awakens. Which is true. Um, I don't know. Charismatic, maybe? We got plenty of time to 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 learn more about Ryan and get to know him a little better. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, it's... Uh, oh, there was another really cool shot. I was just sort of looking, watching it while we were talking. Um, the U-Wing crashing on Scarif. Looking cool. Looking tight as hell. Yeah, it's a cool looking shot. And not just that. That makes me wonder because from some promotional details and and stuff we've seen, it looks like there's going to be more than one U-Wing. The the U-Wing the heroes use isn't the only one. Um, And if that's the case, I wonder if that is the heroes U-Wing. Is that Cassian's U-Wing or Bodhi Rook's U-Wing, whoever that belongs to, you know? Right, right, right. I Um, see what you're saying. And if it is, that just, in my mind, if that is their ship, that reinforces um, my theory that Scarif is the last planet on the in the movie. Because if you're going to wreck the hero ship, that's like a Star Trek thing you do. You crash the Enterprise, you know, right towards the beginning of the finale, and they got to figure out what to do on the planet. Although that was completely different in the newest Star Trek. Have you seen the new one? Uh, no, I haven't. Where he's riding the motorcycle. I watched it um, last weekend. I How was it? it? I enjoyed it, man. Good. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to catch shit for this, but I like the J.J. Abrams ones better. Um, yeah. But that cast is solid. And uh, it was it was a more, I don't, I guess I want to say sort of confined story. It, it felt... And sometimes I guess this is used as a a slight against certain Star Trek movies, but it it felt like more like a long episode of Star Trek instead of like some huge event movie like the first two did. Extravaganza. But it, uh, I think it played in its favor, and um, well, I mean, because that's Star Trek history, you know. It was meant to be a story consumed in an hour, you know, beginning, middle, and an end. Yeah. That took you somewhere and made you think. Like, it didn't always have to be... You know, the first two were epic. Like, they were end-of-the-world right. epic. You know, and, you, you know, the major crisis had to be solved or... And it's... Don't get me wrong. It sort of gets there in this one, but it's not... I don't know. There's, like... It's a very sort of simple setup. Bad guys on a planet... I don't want to say too much more and spoil it for you, but bad guys on the planet I'm, threatening I mean, the I'm Federation, you know. I just um, I just couldn't, you know, I <laughs> don't let that don't let that motorcycle fast and the furious bullshit turn you off. And you know, I'm saying you, this, I I know. I'm and you know, it was directed by one of the directors that does the Fast and the Furious movies. Right. Um and and you know, I'm saying this as not a huge Star Trek fan. 
you know. And see, my thing was like, you just took a step backwards. Like, you basically, in the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, like, you basically had, I mean, you had Jim Kirk being young Jim Kirk, you know, riding on, riding in a, a old car, you know, blasting sabotage by the Beastie Boys, but he was being chased by a cop in a speeder bike, basically, like a, a swoop bike. And then and then you put that and then you put Jim Kirk on a motorcycle. Like, why not just make it a swoop bike? Like, well, it's the future. Like, it's I will say this. And trust me, you know, I am not the type to defend Star Trek. That is explained pretty well. OK. All right. Um, I guess I'm jumping the gun here. It was because what, you know how big of a Star Trek fan I am. I know. Buddy. I know, buddy. And this is I am. Uh, we're in fucking bizarro world where I'm sitting here trying to talk you off of the left. On Star Trek. And I was like, no, nah, man, I actually pretty much enjoyed it. Um, this, this I feel like going to have ass. I feel like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it was, um, you know, it it, it ended that trilogy. I guess it's going to be a trilogy. I don't know if that cast is coming back. I don't even know how well that one did in in the box office. But um, if that's it for them, I felt like it ended on like a pretty solid little, solid little trilogy note. You know what I mean? And that's cool if it is. I'd like to see one that's a little more cerebral. And I don't mean like Star Trek the motion picture cerebral. Or, you know? or what's the fifth one? Oh, uh, the, the Final Frontier. Terrible. Where they meet the god entity in the center of the universe that's yeah. the fraud you know, you know, I'm not looking for that, but like the ghost of L. Ron Hubbard, right? You know, something I don't know, like uh, First Contact or uh, the Undiscovered Country or Wrath of Khan. They already did the Wrath of Khan over, but you know, I'm just saying, like, it wasn't all action. Like, there was a lot of character development and some tense moments that mm-hmm. didn't play on fist fights, you know, and ship fights, like. Well, I, you know, I think um, sitting back and looking at the three newer Star Trek movies as a whole, as like a trilogy, I actually feel like they do do a good job of developing the characters and and sort of getting the, you know, it just took longer because it was spread out over three movies. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you should check it out. It's pretty enjoyable. I will. I'm definitely going to. Well, now that we've fucking talked about Star Trek, what? Fucking, I told you guys I was beat. Will Will took advantage of me, you guys. Did you hear this? I'm all tired and worn out from working all week. And Will's like, ooh, I see an opening. Let me get my phaser in it. We're on a bizarro, bizarro episode. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> shake off the Star Trek. Get back. Get back in my groove. All right. Well, how about we get back in that groove by doing some listener emails? And it's a momentous occasion this week. Um, you know, last week we had our buddy Kia D. Mundi call in. Well, we got a voicemail from our buddy, the king of all times. Oh, boy. But before that play, that he, he came at us in two parts this week. He's got an email and a voice message. And he suggests we play the voice message after the email. So how about we do the email first? He was like, come at me, bro. Halsey Halls and Will. First off, these new Asian Rogue One trailers are awesome, but you guys have probably discussed that already. I wanted to bring up an idea that I had recently 
that I had recently. This is kind of along the lines of You Write It from Halsey's other podcast, but I wanted to share it here. I've been rereading J.W. Rensler's Making of Books. You know, the coffee table books that tell you day by day whether Richard Marquand chose a sweater or a vest while shooting Jedi. As an aside, that guy was a horrible choice for a director, but that's a whole nother email. In the earliest version of Jedi, George included an Imperial tracker on Endor. This tracker was like a super scout trooper who would separate from the rest of the Imperial forces on Endor to go into EWAK, E-W-A-K, the original spelling, territory to capture Leia. The tracker idea was discarded in subsequent drafts. But what would you think, and this is primarily aimed at Halls, if the idea of the tracker was included in the final version of Jedi, but instead of a random Imperial flunky, you have Boba Fett take the role. Think about it. Instead of showing up in the background of Jabba's palace and getting clowned by a half-blind Han Solo, you give Fett an expended, expanded, more menacing role. <laughs> if you need someone in Jabba's palace, use the original morose-looking motherfucker Dengar. Have him be the one eaten by the Sarlacc. Instead, have Boba walking slash jetpacking around on Endor all by himself, taking out Ewoks and hunting the rebels from afar. He would be on a special assignment from the Emperor to make sure the rebels don't get too close to the bunker too soon. And then the next day, he would team up with the Imperial forces before getting hit by a stray rock and have his jetpack blast him off to some faraway location. He wakes up hours later, later, sees the Death Star all blown up, and decides to board Slave 1 and hightail it out of there. That's my idea. I have to admit, rereading it, someone else might have said this already, but I still kind of wanted to share it. Thanks for reading your pal, King Tom. <clears throat> King Tom is, like, buttering me up like he's trying to get a handy on our first date. You got boba baited. I did. I got boba baited. And I will pay King Tom back in kind. Put a little moisturizer on my hands. Come here, King Tom! That's a real appealing way to entice someone towards a hand job. Come here, King Tom! Get your ass over here. Um, yeah, I fucking dig the idea. I I can't remember <clears throat> if it was in the Rensler Return of the Jedi book or if it was somewhere else where Boba Fett was originally going to have more of a role on, in Return of the Jedi. Um, and it just didn't turn out that way i don't think it was in context of this imperial tracker thing obviously but yeah i'd like that because a more boba fett um b i know Bo i would know boba fett's alive and i know people are always like oh you know so and so said george told them that boba fett's still alive yeah but until we see that shit in a book or in a comic or in a movie something officially canon i'm saying Boba Fett's still MIA. We don't know what happened to him. Yeah, he's still suffering the fate of a thousand years, you know, being digested. That's like me with a Big Mac. Takes me fucking a thousand years to v dissolve that shit. That's why my stomach's so big. It's just a bunch of undissolved Big Macs. Not even bologna Big Macs, because that shit shoots through you like hyperspace. Yeah, bologna Big Macs are spicy coming out. Um... <laughs> 
the Mandalorian armor, though, I read, <coughs> I read this somewhere that it could potentially deflect a lightsaber. Is that true? I don't know. That may have been part of some EU deal. Um, you know, Boba Fett's armor has turned up, minus Fett, in the post-Return of the Jedi canon. Um, a guy, like a vigilante, buys it from a bunch of Jawas on a sandcrawler. He finds Boba Fett's armor. In the armor EU is what we're talking about? In the new, like the official canon. It happens in the Aftermath books. The new canon stuff. Not the old EU legend stuff. Um, yeah, this sort of junk peddler, or these Jawas, sell it to this guy that's sort of like a vigilante. And he starts going around, and he calls himself the sheriff, I think. And he sort of sheriffs Tatooine now that the huts aren't there. He... Um, he rescues the Rancor Keeper, the guy that cried when the Rancor died, the guy that looks like yeah. me with no beard. Um, Ooh. Yeah, that's me, man. Fatty McGee fucking crying over his dead Rancor. Um, I don't know that I would be that emotionally attached to a Rancor. It's not like Walter. You can't cuddle a Rancor. You don't know that. You know, maybe you can. Maybe a Rancor cuddles you. Yeah. In Russia, Rancor cuddles you. On Tatooine, Rancor <laughs> cuddles you. Oh, yeah, that's better. See? Sea level humor. All day, every day. It's our day. We're bringing it back. <laughs> We're bringing it back. So, why don't we get to our buddy King Tom's voicemail. Speaking of uh, hearing King Tom's sweet, melodious voice, um, our buddy Steele has a weekly call-in show. And for the past few weeks, I've heard... All kinds of our Twitter buddies calling in to steal. King Tom, uh, Aaron, our buddy Aaron from OKC, OKC. who uh, sent me the most ballin' package this week. Such, Such a nice dude. Sent me three Black Series figures I've been looking for. That's a good dude. Man. Man, he is is a Black Series finding master, man. He's got a, a talent. Fuck Jordan Hembro, the toy hunter. Aaron from OKC, the toy hunter. Um, He's just mind-tricking real collectors out of it at the store. He's like, these aren't the black figures <laughs> you're looking for. And uh, I, I think I, I meant to ask him on Twitter if it, was him, if it was him or not, but I'm pretty sure our buddy Brad, who um, writes in about comics, who hates uh, Batman versus Superman as much as I do, that guy, pretty sure he called in last week too. So it's been nice hearing those dudes. And you guys should check out the call-in show. It's good stuff, man. All right. <laughs> Let me pull up old... Uh-oh, uh-oh. See? Look at me fucking it up already. All right, here we go. King Tom's voicemail. Hey, Haas and Will. King Tom here. I know you just read an email from me, but that email was written before I listened to last week's excellent episode of Blue Harvest. And since then, new information has come to light. See, I've been thinking about different things. Your discussion about Zabrak buttholes was compelling, and the, the, the voicemail from Kieti Mundy, who finally admitted to being the one cooking fish in my office microwave, got me thinking. But most of it was related to a line in my email about the bounty hunter Dangar. And I've been thinking, why Dangar? Where does Dangar come from? Why does this bounty hunter who is wearing nothing but a turban or head bandages and a secondhand piece of brown snow trooper chest piece why is he just so sad looking and then i realized 
where he came from. I have a theory which could expose Dangar and upset the galactic peace, but you guys got to hear me out. First of all, like you guys were talking about, Zabrak buttholes, maybe not everyone's anatomy is in the same place. I want you to think about Kiedi Mundi. What if Serian hearts were not in their chest, but somewhere else? Say, in their butts. So, when the clone troopers shot up Kiedi Mundi on Mygido, they missed all of his vital organs. He, in his very little grasp of the Force, could sense what was going on across the galaxy, so he played dead. He waited until the clone troopers left and went for the nearest doctor he could find, Dr. Evazon, who at that point only had the death sentence on six or so systems. Anyway, Dr. Evazon patched up his chest, gave him an old piece of armor he had lying around, but then Dr. Evazon convinced him to do some additional surgery. Kitty needed to go into hiding. Everyone would know the biggest dickhead in the galaxy when they saw him coming from a mile away. So Kiedi consented to a little operation to affect just the tip. But Dr. Evazon <laughs> took off a little bit more than that. Dr. Evazon removed Kiedi's complete cock off his head. And cut a few vital arteries and did some other things, meaning Kiedi would need some bandages full time. So I hope you could see what I'm getting at. Kiedi Mundi is Dangar. Dangar is Kiedi Mundi. Because he is a fugitive Jedi, Kiedi couldn't sue Dr. Evazon for medical malpractice. So instead, he took up his occupation of the one thing that no one would su suspect a former Jedi of being, a bounty hunter. And so you have the chumpiest, dumbest-looking Jedi becoming the chumpiest-looking, weirdest-looking bounty hunter in the galaxy. That's my theory. I hope I didn't accept Kiedi upset Kitty Mundy too much, but the truth had to be out there. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you. Holy fucking shit, King Tom. That was a good, that was a good voicemail. He just, I, I, about a minute and a half into his voicemail, I was sitting there going, oh, wait a second, I think what he's getting, I think I know what he's getting at. It was like when you're watching a good-ass episode of Lost, and you figure out the twist like just moments before it's revealed. And you look at your buddies and you're like, holy shit, this is what's going on. Then it happens. That's what just happened there. Yeah. And I'm going to flip the script. Because of that, that style of writing, King Tom, I know who you really are, buddy. You're, you may parade yourself around as the king of all times. But I think you, sir, are Kevin J. Anderson. Prolific author, author of the old Legends EU. Responsible for things like IG-88 piloting the Death Star 2 and fucking with uh, Palpatine. Those kind oh, wow. of things. We got you, Mr. Anderson. We got you in our Blue Harvest snare. Man. You know, that's, that's a good theory, and I like where that went. The thing about Dengar, like, just in my mind, like, I always felt like Dengar smelled bad. And then, like, if you look at that whole lineup of bounty hunters, like, they probably all smell bad. And I don't know why that sticks with me, but I can't imagine that Bosk smells very nice. And IG-88 IG probably smells like crusted up blood, you know. <laughs> See, okay. If we're going to get in, I, I imagine Bosk smells like a unkempt iguana terrarium. Like, you ever right? know? Or, or like a, your friend that's got a ball python. Yeah. Like the, how their terrarium smells. Like yeah. dead rats and 
ball python like you, poop. You, you don't want to know what the inside of that spacesuit smells like. Oh no, no, sir. I wonder. I wonder if he fucking do transitions or trandoshians. How do you fucking say that? I wonder if they shed their skin like a snake. Maybe. Now, they, yeah. Maybe they shed once a once a season. Now uh, IG eighty eight. Like yeah, I could see crusted up blood, but I could also just see him smelling like motor oil or something. Motor oil, blood, and bile. Buh, buh, stinky. When you look up, look at that lineup of bounty hunters, and you know how I am with the bounty hunters. I love me some fucking bounty hunters. You got Boba Fett, the baddest ass looking dude in all of Star Wars. Yeah. I know we all agree on this. IG-88 looks badass. He just stands <clears throat> there because they couldn't get that thing. to. It was like propped up with fucking broomsticks and... And somebody's hand up his puppet ass just to move yeah. the head back and forth. Still looks badass, though. Zuckus and Forlom, okay. You know. Zuckus, once... Forlom looks like the bug, right? Well, Zuckus is the bug guy in the robe, and Forlom is the droid bug guy. Yeah. And so Zuckus seems like he would smell bad, too. Yeah, smell like a fucking cicada husk. Yeah. Gross. I hate bugs. Um,. And I think in the old EU, they established that Zuckus built Forlom. And if that's the case, I'm here to tell you guys, Zuckus fucked that robot. <laughs> Zuckus, Can you fuck it? <laughs> Zuckus sure as the hell tried. That robot had a, a fucking entry point for his... Because, you know, being a, a bug, he probably don't have a ding-dong, Zuckus. He's probably got like a cloaca. Or if it is, it's barbed and insect looking Oof, disturbing. disturbing i'm making i'm making my own nightmares here <laughs> the smell of bounty hunters and barbed insect <laughs> penis <laughs> <coughs> oh oh you got me on that one buddy oh my goodness but oh then that goodness. turban that dangar head wrap probably doesn't smell good he probably doesn't smell like if it's a head wrap, I'm sure it doesn't smell that bad. I'm sure it needs to be washed. It smells like dirty laundry. But if that is head bandages for like a perpetual head wound, buh. Buh. <laughs> no me gusta. Well, thanks for writing in, Kevin. I mean, King Tom. We appreciate it, buddy. Uh, and calling in or sending in a voicemail. That's the thing. I've been getting questions on how people send in uh, voice messages. It's super easy, guys. Just uh, record a voice memo on your phone and attach it to an email. And shoot that over to us. Or you can even just use, uh, like our buddy Steve, Boston Accent Steve, that opens up our show does. Um, and you can just uh, send it to us on uh, on Facebook. On our Facebook page. Now, next up we have, uh, speaking of Boston accents, um, our buddy Richie from Boston wrote in, and he started his email with some political stuff, which, by the way, wasn't anything bad. He was being, um, he was just trying to assuage, is that the word I'm looking for? Assuage. Assuage. He was trying to assuage some people's fears, because, you know, there's, and a lot of people sort of uh, scared and um, nervous. There's fear in the air. It's palpable. And, uh, and you know, um, it's not that uh, it was anything bad that I don't want to read. We're just going to skip over that part only because 
I kind of would like Blue Harvest to be the place you guys can come to when you don't want to think about all that stuff. We're the Switzerland. You know what, what I'm saying? Not even the Sw Switzerland. We're just like a nice place for you to come listen to two dudes with beards talk about buttholes for an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. And not have to think about the big orange butthole. All right. So let's get to the Star Wars part of his email. Now on to something Star Wars. A new thought had occurred to me recently regarding Rogue One. We are about to see an original trilogy era movie that has been filmed using modern technology. That's wicked exciting. I recently got a new 4K television and the limitations of filmmaking technology in the OT as well as the PT are very obvious. The Force Awakens on, on the 4K TV is absolutely gorgeous. With that in mind, I can't wait to see the original trilogy era with that kind of picture. Take care and keep your chins up, Richie from Boston. And Richie is speaking my language with this 4K Star Wars business. And that was one of the neat aspects of that video we were talking that's, about earlier. That that's I what I was about to, to say. Yeah, they show sort of a, a comparison. Like, um, that from scene. A New Hope. Yeah, the scene where like the uh, the MP or the rebel guard is standing up on his post, like scanning the ship as it comes in. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, of all the jobs to have as a rebel soldier, fuck that job. How do you think they get up on top of that thing? That, I'm that sure it. Small. I'm sure it raises and lowers. It's. I'm sure it's mm. futuristic. Mm -hmm. I would love that job. No way. I don't like You'd heights. Set me up in that tower for you know four hour shift. <laughs> Come down all glazy eyed and giggling. Yeah, you'd be wondering what I got up into. <laughs> it smells funny up in the canopy. <laughs> oh, man, I was just scanning the hell out of some ships. Ships, ships and scanned a couple of Yavin bats, whatever they got up there. Um, you know what I can't wait for? I can't wait until we get a 4K mastered box set of some Star Wars movies. I know at one point there was rumors that Lucasfilm... And this may have even been before the sale to Disney, or maybe shortly thereafter, was working on 4K remasters, and I guess they weren't super stoked with them and put them back in the oven. Um, but yeah, once D uh, Disney starts supporting 4K, because I don't think any Disney movies are out on the 4K Blu-rays, but once they do and they make the Star Wars movies available, uh, that's going to be fucking awesome. Disney's going to have to knock out a wing for to open up that vault a little more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if um, if that does happen and they start bringing out the 4K, that's when you're going to start seeing. The vaults will be opened. All kinds of stuff will be coming out. Lion King in 4K. I'll buy it. Like an Aladdin in 4K. I'll buy it. Love me Weren't some they Aladdin. putting all that on Netflix? Isn't all the Disney catalog going on Netflix? Well, you know, they have some sort of new exclusive deal with Netflix. I don't think it's the entire catalog. It's not like you're going to be able it to go and watch. It will probably rotate like yeah. stuff does on Netflix. Yeah. I got you. And uh, I know Stars has like the current, like uh, The Force Awakens is on Stars, but I think that was the end of that contract before Disney went over to Netflix. So I'm pretty sure... Like Rogue One will show up on Netflix and and probably Episode Eight and maybe even the older ones now that that uh, that deal with Stars is, is boy they've been running up. on TBS like like it's going out of style like is it TBS or TNT or both it maybe both but I've seen them on TBS like nice. they'll do they'll do Episode One Two and Three and then they'll do Episode Four Five and Six like it's just they're running them back to back. 
you know, I, I've got the, the Blu-rays on hand, ready to watch at a moment's notice. But there is something sort of neat about just flipping around and coming across one of them on broadcast TV and being like, fuck yeah, I'll watch the last hour of Return of the Jedi. Are you kidding me? It reminds me? me of being a kid. Because when I would catch them on TV, obviously that's what I was watching, you know, being home from a summer <laughs> vacation. Right. You know, mom says make lunch, so you make macaroni and cheese with hot dogs chopped up in it. Like, that just is what I remember from being in, you know, elementary or middle school, like, and then that's, you know, that's a cool thing to do. Just put the TBS Star Wars on the screen and go make dinner or, you yeah. know, hang out with the, the girl or, you know, just and not have to. It's not necessarily one of those sacred ritual viewings like like it ha- it, it turns out when you put the Blu-ray in. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's cool. And I can't wait to see. Um, whatever one comes out, I have yet to to buy a 4K Blu-ray, even though I've got the 4K Blu-ray player with my Xbox One S, and I have the 4K TV. I've yet to bite the bullet and buy a movie on 4K Blu-ray, just because I haven't really seen one where I was like, oh yeah, that's a movie I'd want to spend thirty or forty bucks on. What's the S stand for? Uh, slim. I thought it was like special or super sport. No, no, the you know it's got a few differences. It can play 4K Blu-ray. It can upscale 4K um, and things like that. Uh, but it's also the slim model. It's white. It's real nice. I don't know if I told you I saw the Trolls movie. I think you mentioned that to me off air, like while we were waiting to record or or after recording last week or something. You did mention it, it good. to me. Is good. It, it was cool. It had some, you know, some songs in it. Um, and now that I'm, we're talking about it, I'm thinking that'd be a cool one to see in 4K because there's so many bright colors and parts of it are really trippy and that would be really neat. Uh, Jesse and I watched uh, The Good Dinosaur last night and it was good. The huh. Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert for The Good Dinosaur. So, you know, it's about like a little... I don't know, Neanderthal kid, caveman kid, and a dinosaur piling around, right? Well, they get a hold of some psychedelic berries at one point. So funny. Oh, wow. So funny. Um, but yeah, it's a decent little movie, man. I, I dug it. I love those Pixar movies. But uh, can uh, if anybody working at Pixar, can you cut a brother a break and not and just have a movie without any sad shit in it for just once? Can we just have a, a Pixar movie that I'm not like, oh, well, great. Now I'm an emotional wreck because of a fucking animated dinosaur and his little hairy kid buddy. Thanks, Pixar. Right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Pixar. I'm going to fucking tear up because Nemo's mom got eaten in the first five seconds. Uh, th- like. Thanks, Pixar. Now, uh, because I-, I watched Up, I'm afraid I'm going to die an old man all alone in a floating ass house. When I live my whole life with the woman I love, and she's gonna leave me alone, in my floating balloon house. <laughs> Fucking floating balloon house. All right. Next up, I want to say this is a first-time writer in her. He may have written in to Rogue One before, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time writing into Blue Harvest. And his name is a Peter, aka Desert Fox Five. I think maybe that's his Twitter handle. You guys should go follow him if it is. Great show, fellas. Jumping into it, what if Jen's mom is a Jedi slash apprentice 
who survived Order 66 and is in hiding like Kanan, and that crystal she was giving Jen was her old lightsaber crystal. Regardless, I'm pretty fucking f- pumped about this movie. Hey, oh, man. sweet. That'd be sweet. It would be cool, and I can't speak to it because I haven't started the book yet, but uh, um, Rogue One Catalyst came out. It's like the prequel to Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Came out this week. I am going to do my best with... Um, with holiday travel and work and stuff next week to get the audio book banged out. And I will give you all the important points next time we record. Cause I know you're going to be a busy dude and not really be able to uh, sit down and read it. Oh Um, yeah. It is. um, It is at least, you know, halfway, halfway decent to say it, it would seem that the force is strong with Jen's mother and herself, you know, in her family, the belief is strong at the very least. Right. You know, so, and I have my, you know, I'm, I think that's a Kyber crystal. I wonder if it was at once a lightsaber crystal. That would be neat as hell too. It seems big. It seems big to fit in a lightsaber. But then again, yeah. I've never seen, you know, this, we're, we're talking about things that are past canon. You know, I, right. you know, I always assumed that a Kyber crystal in the past was much smaller because that's just the way I'd seen it depicted. But, you know, for all I know, it could be that's how big it could need to be, you know? Yeah, um, that's a good point. My, um, and I'm, I'm sure this, this will probably be answered in Catalyst because from what I understand, Lyra Urso and Galen Urso, Jen's parents, are the main focus of the book. Um, my question is, is we know that Galen Urso is like a scientist, who studies kyber crystals basically as a as like a possible means of clean energy or some shit you know um and that makes me think if that's the case that makes me think that maybe galen gave it to her because like he val you know he values these crystals so much and he's like you know what i'm gonna give you this big honking one i found to show you my love. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, like a Star Wars engagement ring, a Kyber crystal necklace, a Force diamond. You know what I just thought about? I bet you there's gonna be some fucking Etsy stores, fucking raking in a little bit of cash making replica Kyber crystal necklaces like Jen's. Dude, you messed up. You just messed up. You shouldn't have never said it, and you should have done it yourself. You th- should have. Like I'm poured- gonna be sitting at my kitchen table, fucking. Uh, where where would I get the crystal? This is for a much craftier. I'm I'm helping one of our listeners out here. Make your make yourself a little resin mold. Pour those resin crystals up. Chip them away a little bit, and then wrap some twine around them and throw a leather wrap on them. You I got can't, kyber crystal neck. I can't tell if you're telling me how to fucking make a necklace to sell on Etsy or a recipe for meth. Well, you know, when in Rome, when in Rome, go to the trailer park and blow it up. Okay, so our new, and this is definitely a first-time writer in her, uh, but I know he's written into, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Rogue One before. Uh, and he wants to be known as McG. And this is what McG has to say. Hey guys, long-time listener coming at you with two things. <laughs> Number one. Jonathan's email last week got me thinking, and I do believe I've come up with a pretty solid solid idea. The Han Solo movie opens with Ray meeting old man Lando, played by Billy D. Williams, after a little greeting 
he says something like, young lady, I hear you knew my friend. Hold on. <clears throat> I could do that better. Uh, you really do belong with us up here among the clouds. What have we here? Young lady, I hear you knew my friend Han. And then proceeds to tell her about the adventures and the movie is presented as a frame story from Lando's per- perspective. Um, now, that would be cool, but knowing Lando Calrissian, you would be told a story where Han Solo is the sidekick, basically. Right. And Lando that's is the hero. Kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking. If Lando was telling a, a story about Han, it would be like, well, I was kicking a bunch of ass and, and crushing a bunch of ass. And then my buddy Lando came, or Han came in and fucked it all up. Let me tell you about this one time I kicked Darth Vader out of Cloud City, kissed this chick, and went and go saved Han Solo's ass single-handedly. <laughs> I could greatly use some Star Wars advice. Uh-oh. I'm going to be working out of the country and unable to see Rogue One in theaters and won't be back in country until it's out on Blu-ray. Should I lower myself to having my first experience with Rogue One be a shitty torrent where half the dialogue is drowned out by the bootlegger fucking with his popcorn bag? Or do I let myself be inevitably spoiled and wait until I can watch it on disc? Ooh, buddy, buddy, buddy. That's a tough one. Um, oh, man. Do they not have a dollar theater where you're at, or at least like the cheap theater that you're pretty sure it'll it'll linger? I'm pretty sure our buddy Mick G here is in the military. Oh, so something tells me he might be going to, you know, somewhere where such a thing is not, you know, available to him. Now, if he's going somewhere and he's just worried about um, the language barrier, which Kinda, I don't get, but just in case he is, I think a lot of times in some of these uh, foreign countries, it's subtitled. So it's all still in English, but it's subtitled. You know what I'm saying? You might, you know, uh, this sounds ridiculous. You might could download a torrent for the audio and then wear your, you know, your earbuds in there and listen to the American audio and watch it while... That's not bad. Might be complicated. Now, if if he's talking about a scenario where there is no theater available and it's just not playing, you know, yeah. he is in a an unfriendly land, a friendly guy in an unfriendly land. That's tough, man. I know, I know his pain because you know at celebration this year when um, all the attendees at the Rogue One panel got to see that uh, that special trailer that we didn't get to see, that didn't get released to the general public. Yeah. It didn't take long for versions to go up online, but they were they were shitty quality. And I chose not to watch it because I didn't want to see it in shitty quality. I just figured I could wait until the trailer came out. Now, this is the issue. That's just a trailer. We're not talking the whole damn movie here. Yeah, McGee, <sighs> I, 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 you're in a dilemma. It's a pickle because, you, you know... It, Knowing myself, I would have to break down and get the torrent. But here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to suggest you wait. You know, the, those first couple torrents will go up early, but eventually there'll be one that's high enough quality that it won't mess with you that bad. You know, there will be one that some anonymous dude put up, and it's got really good sound quality and 
maybe you know it was ripped from I don't know some other source but you know, I can understand why you wouldn't want to see the one that's got the awful bootlegged sound and picture quality but there will there I guarantee somebody will steal it and then right. tore in a copy of it you know digitally and then put that out so I would you know give it a minute before you download that torrent and maybe even see which ones had the most downloads or is the most popular or is the highest quality or is the biggest file. You know, there will be one out there that's quality that makes circulation. But because if you can't wait till it releases all the way, that's probably what I would do if I were in your specific situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, normally I'd be like, don't pirate Star Wars. But in this case, especially well, my man is, is you know, out of country for the reasons I think he is, man, like, if I could find some way to fucking bootleg it in a real high quality, I'd send and just our buddy Mick. Yeah, just send our buddy Mick G a copy. You know, it, I it's not. I would not hold it against him for you know downloading it to watch it. I'm here to tell you, I don't know with the full movie. I don't know that I would have the wherewithal to just wait for disc. It sucks that dudes like that that are doing such a great service for us and our nation don't get at least special treatment. You know, that Disney isn't like, you know, here's a... A screener you know, a, copy. Have yeah. a movie night on us. Yeah, right? That or, you know, here's a once or twice watchable digital version that, you know, yeah. self-destructs after the first or second watch. <laughs> Some James Bond shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, say, I say download it, buddy. I know I wouldn't hold it against you. And I doubt anybody if they really sat down and thought about it. I mean, there's assholes everywhere. But it's not like he's going to go on Twitter and be like, well, just downloaded Rogue One and the quality was awesome or awful or whatever it is. And just think about it this way. If you really want to see it that early and you got to watch it in bad quality, just think of how much, like you'll see it, you'll, you'll know the story, you'll be satisfied. And then when you get home and it's out on disc, you can pop in your Blu-ray and be like, holy fuck, this is so much better. You know? Yeah. So, that's what I would do, buddy. <laughs> As a quick aside, uh, do Will, do you remember uh, when you lived with me and I got a torrent of the unreleased Wolverine movie, the first one? Oh, dude, I think we've talked about that before. It was a terrible. It ruined me <coughs> for watching bootlegged and leaked stuff. It was a leaked copy of the wolverine movie before it had finished cgi in it yeah it was like an early copy like months before the movie was going to come out so any any part of that movie that was cgi it was basically complete grayscale scrale wire grayscale stuff with like wire frames yeah like you know i saw a stick figure bouncing down the back of a truck or something like it was bad like and you know what but it was not just because of the uh, quality of the bootleg we watched, but the movie itself was so bad that I was like, I don't even want to see it finished. And then do you remember we watched it and like an hour later, the motherboard and my laptop that we watched it on fried. It did. And I was we like, like, Wolverine Origins killed my laptop. It was so bad. Your laptop was like, nope, that's committing suicide. Like yep. you just cost me my life. If Skynet ever becomes a thing and the, the robot overlords take pl- take over. I'm telling Upload you right Wolverine now. Wolverine Origins. Yeah, that's how we de- defeat them. We just pop in Wolverine Origins and make them watch it and then take the planet back. All right. 
<laughs> so uh, be like does not compute. Life is not worth living. Guess what? We've got a email from Oliver. Is this? Is this? Um. Don't even say it. Oliver from the catfish, the Finland. He's Finland Swedish. Catfish. My buddy. Swedish my buddy Oliver is Swedish, and he is not a catfish. But here, this is what he has to say. Hey guys. It's your catfish Oliver from Sweden here. See, you and Je- Jesse fucked with this this guy so much that now he thinks he's a catfish. That's <laughs> no, he fucked does up. Not. That's no, real fucked not. up. I haven't written in for a while, so I thought it was time to write an email to my favorite podcast. I just started my first year of upper secondary school, which I do believe is the same thing as 11th grade in the U.S. Anyways, I'm studying science and haven't had a lot of time to write emails. It's probably that or just the fact that I don't really like writing emails, but I love it when you guys read them on the show, so it's worth it. Our buddy Oliver is a smart dude studying yeah, science. 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 That was all my, always my thing in school. <clears throat> so here he goes. So Rogue One is less than a month away by now, and from what we have seen, it looks amazing. The international trailer that came out last week is probably my favorite of all the Rogue One trailers. One thing in the international trailer that I think they could have waited with, though, is showing the Death Star firing at Jedha. I don't think the laser is fully operational at this point. In A New Hope, when we see it blowing up Alderaan, the planet gets blown into pieces in seconds. From what we have seen in the Rogue One trailers, our main characters are escaping the planet in the U-Wing, and that makes me think the Death Star is only firing at the city we see from the trailers. Even though the trailers have been awesome, I still have a problem getting hyped for the movie. This time last year, I was counting the days and could barely contain my excitement. For some reason, I can't stop thinking about episode 8 and the fact that there is only five months left until the first episode 8 trailer. I didn't really have a Star Wars question for you this time, but I really wanted to catch up with you guys. One thing I've been wanting to ask, though, what animes do you guys like? I've heard you guys talk a little bit about it before. My top three are Cowboy Bebop, Attack on Titan, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I hope you guys are well, and thanks for making the podcast, guys. Well, thanks for writing in, Oliver. Uh, let's uh, let's back up a little. Um, as far as the Death Star not being fully operational, I think he's one hundred percent right. Um, and and he, he he was talking about the Ewing escaping the planet. We see that scene, but. It may just be escaping that blast radius, that zone. Like it may not entirely destroy that planet. You know, it may just be escaping. Yeah, that's the what site. he's. That's what he's saying. Um, and as far as his talking about his excitement level for Rogue One, I feel him on that. I, I'm excited about this movie, but I know this time last year, like Jesse was ready to leave me because of how much I was talking about Episode Seven, and it's unfair to Rogue One. Because we're only going to get episode seven once in our lifetime. The return of Han, Han, Luke, and Leia since when we haven't seen them in fucking 30 years, you know? 30 year hiatus, yeah. The first Star Wars movie in 10 years. The first movie under new direction. Uh, you know, the, the sequel trilogy we never thought we'd see. So yeah, it's a little unfair to compare that to Rogue One, which I'm still excited for, but I'm telling you like, I'm not rabidly excited 
having trouble sleeping over Rogue One. Now, that will come. That'll come in like two weeks before the movie, and I'll be like, oh, shit, it's coming. It also is really bumming me out that we haven't gotten tickets yet. Tickets haven't gone on sale yet, and I can't relax until I've got my fucking premiere night tickets. Locked away. Now, let's get on to this next juicy topic, which I think uh, Will is itching to get into. So we'll let him um, we'll let him take it first. What's your favorite animes, buddy? Oh, dude. he. Um, I'll just start off with this. All the things that Miyazaki, any Miyazaki film, done, you know, the Studio Ghibli films, Miyazaki films are incredible. Like, I recommend those just they're just an experience um just really well told stories really well animated uh as as far as series go of course cowboy bebop one of my all-time favorites um trigun i really recommend trigun again one of my all-time favorites uh outlaw star outlaw star is really one of my all-time favorites gundam wing kick ass um where do you know i'm trying to think where do i go from there i started out on dragon ball z but that to me hasn't held up with time as well, you know, in, in rewatches. Right. But uh, still, still a really great series. Um, the Samurai 7 series is incredible. Um, yes, it's a, it's a sort of a steampunk sci fi retelling of The Seven Samurai. Yep. In anime uh, style. And it is Akira. really good. Oh, Akira yeah. is good. Kira's classic. Ghost in the Shell, classic. Ghost in the Shell, classic. Um, he named two, I mean, I really like Cowboy Bebop, two of my favorites though, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Attack on the Titan. I'm crazy I, for those. I knew you were going to hit those. I knew those are your two favorites. Um, speaking of Full Metal Alchemist, they released the first trailer for the live action Full Metal Alchemist movie this week. Really? And you don't see much, but I saw enough to get me fucking excited. There's a live action attack on titan movie too if i'm not mistaken there was it was like a two-part movie which apparently not great i haven't seen it for myself but apparently not great um i also really like evangelion uh we sort of brought that up earlier um they the original series i don't have the affection for like a lot of people that saw it originally like back in the day what i'm really into are the movies the remakes of that series um They've done like, you know, 1.11, 2.22, and 3.33. Basically, Evangelion 1, 2, and 3. Still waiting on the fourth fourth one. Um, Really good. Really good. Weird as fuck, but good. Um, I really liked uh, Knights of Sidonia, the Netflix original series. Uh, It's not like they produced it, but they got the rights to air it in the U.S. Right. Um, I really like, and I'm good. There's some that I like that I'm not saying cause I'm just afraid to fuck up the names. One of them, which I actually, um, recommended to our good buddy, Steve was Akami Ga Kill. You watched a couple of episodes with me about that. It was about the, like the group of assassins. Yeah, I did. Um, it was pretty good. And I've, um, I've caught up on all of bleach that's on, that's on Netflix. And while I was very hesitant at first, it's not bad. I mean, it's. I tried. I'm always good. looking for a, a long-running anime to get into. I, I don't dig One Piece. One Piece is one of those ones that's got hundreds of episodes that I just don't dig. Can't get into it. Um, I've tried to if get in. If you try Bleach again, give it another shot. It, it's not bad, man. It's, is, it, uh, is it like a first 
season thing I need to get over, or do I yeah, just need to let you really it? really do. Yeah. Okay. Because I tried, and I know there's, what, 200 episodes or some crazy shit? There's, they've Once done they make episodes. it to the spirit world, it picks up in interest. But okay. while they're dicking around in Tokyo, it's not as awesome. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll have to check that out. Like I said, I'm always looking for a High new School of anime. the Dead was cool. You and I got into that. Yeah, that was cool. It's like, you know, it's a zombie anime, but it was it was a fun watch. Not one of my favorites, but a fun watch. Um, right. And, you know, the other problem I have, and I know I'll catch shit about this, too, is I have to watch dubbed anime because, not because I prefer it. Like, I, I don't mind watching subtitle anime. The problem is, is I work while I watch a lot of anime, and I can't work and read subtitles at the same time. And so that actually eliminates a lot of the anime that's on, like, Hulu or Netflix, Um for me being able to watch because I can't read subs and type at the same time. Um, and finally, I think the only other one I'm sort of leaving out is Sword Art. I like Sword Art Online a good bit. At least the first half of the first season. And the second season's pretty good. Second half of that first season's pretty rough. Um, but yeah, that I think that about does it. Do you have any others that are coming to mind? For you, I don't, I think we've watched I, a lot together, but it's it's you know not. Have, there's so I'm, many. I'm, I'm really picky. I'm, I consider myself an anime connoisseur, and you know what I really like, I'm very picky about. Yeah, and um, I guess the only one I think I left out that we really enjoyed was um, Gurren Lagann. Ah, oh, Gurren Lagann. Is, that was really did you good. ever finish that? I I didn't get to the end, but I got. To like, I got you got the to end. the big twist, the yeah. big character death. Sad. Okay, buddy, you just finished watching like yeah. two hundred episodes of Bleach. Go rewatch Gurren Lagann for me. Yeah, I'll. I totally will. It's so good. It, it's it's so good. Um. All right. Well, I think we got one more email for the evening, and then we'll wrap this up for you guys. Right, right on. And uh, I saved this email. Um, for the end specifically because I just thought it was a nice little note to go out. Nice little uplifting note to go out on. And it's from our good buddy, Joe. You know, normally I like to read the Joe emails and the King Tom emails back to back because of their fucking frenemy rivalry they got Hi going jinx. on. They're hijinks. Um, but I don't know. I just thought we'd uh, leave out on or uh, head out on a nice little note from our buddy Joe. <clears throat> um and I'm getting a call from Jesse, which is keeping me from being able to read that email. So give me just one second. How you guys been? What are you doing right now? Listen us into listen to us in your car? Drinking a frosty beverage? Yeah, maybe a frosty beverage. Me, I'm having a fucking Powerade Zero, zero calorie sports drink. All right, this a is snack. <laughs> This is what Joe had to say. Will and Halls, I hope you're both doing well. I haven't written to you recently, mostly to do, due to work and traveling for work. However, it was nice to hear from Kia D. Mundi call in and banter for a while. It's been about a year now that I became aware of your podcast, and I have been addicted ever since. As we approach Thanksgiving, I'm writing to thank you and all your podcast listeners. Suffice to say, I'm thankful for all your listeners, including Aaron from OKC, King Tom, Vader Nick, among so many others. I'm also thankful for your immediately family, immediate family such as Goose, Payne, and Jesse. 
Mostly, I am thankful to you two. Will and Halls for giving me a Star Wars podcast that has matched my personality more than others. I found you indirectly through the Now This Is Podcasting podcast last year, and only because Johnny Grosso tweeted about how great you were. Well, chicks dig Johnny Grosso, and I dig the Blue Harvest podcast. This Thanksgiving, I give thanks to you and your listeners, as well as Baloney Big Macs, Joe. That's a damn nice email from our buddy. That's so nice. Joe's a solid dude. Like, I know I say this every episode, and it's not me kissing ass to you guys, but we we have got some fucking just A-plus quality listeners. We love you guys, man. Stand up, folks. Y'all really make it worthwhile. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll be equally grateful to the MakingStarWars.net family, um, to Now This Is Podcasting, and to Johnny Grosso for leading people to us and for supporting us the way that he has. So thank you to, you know, Now This Is Podcasting, um, and thank you to Johnny Grosso. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I'll add, just to get a little more specific, um, our listeners – all our listeners, not just the ones that write in, the ones that interact with us on Twitter or Facebook, you're fucking great. And even um, if you don't have to interact, just yeah. the fact that you listen. Yeah, the, even the fact that you download it. Even if if you didn't leave us a review or a, to send us a tweet or like our Facebook, just the fact that you download it and listen, and listen uh, each week uh, means the world to us. And uh, yeah, Steel. Thanks to Steel. Steel has yeah, promoted Steel. us, has been a solid dude. Sal from Making Star Wars has been a nothing but nice. Just, just a, that's a quality guy right there. Just a quality a Jedi in real life. Nice guy. Um Jason, who I keep intending to have on the podcast. I'm just nervous to ask him. You know, I look up to these dudes. These dudes are who I listened to before I started this podcast. So like and plus, like, I don't want to bother him to come on this goofy shit, but you know, I should get over that and do it because it would be fun. Um, and Johnny, man, Johnny is like our hype man. He's like our fucking flavor flav. He repped us before anybody repped us. Pretty boy Grasso. <laughs> that's couldn't, that's what it used to be. All p- pretty boy Grasso. You couldn't you couldn't pick a better hype man or a prettier hype man. No, I say he's our flavor flav, but flavor. You know, he's flavor flav. If flavor flav was white and didn't live the hard life that flavor flav has lived yeah boy because you know i'm sure there's people out there that are like flavor flavor is handsome but i think there's probably more people out there that are like johnny grosso is handsome flavor <laughs> flavor just looks like he shaves with like a a, a stone knife or something <laughs> stone knife he's like like chipping off pieces of it to sharpen it up for the morning shave oh man well, anyway, I think that's going to about do it for us this week. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for listening. Joe, thanks for that email. Everybody, thanks for your emails. Um, you guys really help us out a lot, and uh, we appreciate it. And we're only uh, l- less than a month away from the new Star Wars movies, gu- movie, guys. That's fucking exciting. And uh, you know we're going to have plenty to talk about when that once that happens. And then once that happens, only a year to Episode Eight. What the fuck's Luke doing? Well, we'll know before too long. Um, rate and review us on iTunes. If you've got a chance and an iTunes account, that really helps us out. If you like the band who provided the musical bed, I'm using an industry industry term there, for our theme song, support them. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can get their music on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. 
You got anything to add before we leave, buddy? Nope. All you right. have done it all. Well, I think that'll do it. And uh, for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>